Hi, everybody. I'm Gloria Moraga. This is the Political Woman Podcast. It's Thursday, September 7th, 2023. And in this episode of Political Woman, a letter, a letter from Fonny to Jimmy. Please subscribe. Please follow me. Please follow me on TikTok and YouTube. Please subscribe. Please support me. Dear Mr. Jordan, I have received your letter dated August 24th, 2023. On August 14th, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment charging 19 defendants with felony violations of Georgia law, including violation of Georgia's racketeering influence, Corruption Organizations Act, Georgia RICO. Beyond that recitation of the charges, your letter contains inaccurate information and misleading statements. The true bill of indictment returned on August 14, 2023, is attached as Exhibit A. Woof! (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yep. All right. Here we go. The letter from Fonnie Willis to Congressman Jim Jordan. There are two parts to Fonnie's letter. And I feel like I can call her Fonnie because <laughs> it seems like I know her already. Part one is called Your Attempt to Interfere with an Obstruction of This Office's Prosecution of State Criminal Cases is Unconstitutional. And then under part one, there's an A, a B, a C, and a D. Information crammed with case law. She cites case after case that proves her point that the Congress trying to interfere with a state criminal prosecution is unconstitutional. We're talking about states' rights, baby. And then part two of her letter, my voluntary responses to portions of your letter are below. (laughs) Woof. And this is where it really gets into the nitty gritty of her really cutting him a new (laughs) a-hole. I mean, there's no other way I can say it. Under part two, there's an A, a B, a C, a D, an E, an F, a G, an H, and an I. All right, there's no way in the Political Woman podcast we can read the entire letter from Fonny to Jimmy. So we'll just do some portions, some highlights, and I obviously will uh, share the link to the letter so you can read it yourself. Quote, as you know, Chairman Jordan, the congressional power of inquiry is not unlimited. Congress is not a law enforcement or trial agency. That function is reserved only for the executive and judicial departments of government. Moreover, investigations conducted solely for the personal 
aggrandizement of the investigators or to punish those investigated are indefensible. And she's quoting here. She's got footnotes that go to case law. More fundamentally, she goes on, a congressional subpoena is valid only if it's related to and in furtherance of a legitimate task of Congress. Continuing, quote, your letter offends each and every one of these settled principles. Its obvious purpose is to obstruct a Georgia criminal proceeding and to advance outrageous partisan misrepresentations. As I make clear below, there is no jurisdiction in the Constitution for Congress to interfere with a state criminal matter as you attempt to do. Furthermore, your note calls to mind another letter recently submitted to the House Select Committee. Quote, this unprecedented action serves no legitimate legislative purpose and would set a dangerous precedent for future Congresses. The American people deserve better. See letter from Rep. Jim Jordan. So those are Jim Jordan's words to Chairman Bernie Thompson dated January 9th, 2022. So she's quoting back his own words to him. All right. So you're thinking now, oh, Gloria, what the hell are you talking about? Well, here's what I'm talking about. On August 24th, 2023, Jim Jordan sent Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis a letter, pretty much trying to bully her as he has done, as he did in the case in New York against Trump, trying to bully her into giving him information. And I'm just going to say this. Trump has admitted this. These Republicans in Congress are doing Trump's bidding. Trump has said, go get them, investigate them, bring them to their knees. I mean, this is from Donald Trump. He's made it very clear that this is what he wants them to do. And they're doing it like lapdogs. It's like Peter Navarro today talking after his conviction and said the reason that he did not adhere to the congressional subpoenas that he received from the January 6th committee is because Trump told him not to. Here's all he would have had to have done to keep from now facing a fine and now possibly going to jail for as long as a year for each count. All he would have to have done was just go to Congress and explain why he didn't want to testify or give them any information. Executive privilege. He could have said that. I mean, they wouldn't have accepted it, but they wouldn't have charged him with uh, what he wound up getting charged with, contempt of Congress. That, that's all. That's all he had to do. But Trump told him not to do it. So he didn't do it. And now he's in, in legal hot water. Now he says he doesn't mind. He says he's willing to do this to show how unfair um, the government is. But I mean, these are rules. These are laws. You know, I don't know. I stop at stop signs when there's nobody around. And once someone in the car said, why are you stopping? And it's like, 
It's a stop sign. It's the law. I don't break the law. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to pay a ticket. I don't want to pay a fine. So I just don't, I just don't do it. I just stop. I make a full stop. Because I, I've been to jail as a reporter. I've covered cases. And once as a joke, my photographer and the sheriff locked me in a jail cell. I didn't like it. It was stinky. It was a not good. It was not good. That's, that's one of the reasons I don't break the law. And also, I covered up. I went to prison, to a woman's prison once, and I walked in, and they were kind of showing me around, me and my photographer. And um, I said, what's this? And there was a big, like a big basket in the middle of the floor, in the middle of like a common area. And it had a lid. I was going to go over and like peek in, and she goes, don't, don't look in there. And I said, why, why, what's in there? She said, underwear. And I said, underwear? She said, soiled underwear. And I said, why is it out here in the middle of the uh, common area? And she said, in prison, we share underwear. <laughs> and I said, what? And she said, no, no. It goes into the basket and then it's distributed later. So nobody has their own set of underwear uh -huh. and and uh later i was telling my daughter about it and she looked at me and she says mom why are you telling me the story and i said because that's why i don't ever commit crimes also too when you're a reporter and i'm so digressing you cover car accidents you cover them you see you see what happens when someone hits someone else in a car that's another story for another time all right the letter from Jim Jordan to Fonnie Willis, dated August 24th, and the letter from Jordan starts, quote, on August 14th, 2023, you brought a 41-count indictment against 19 defendants, including a former president of the United States and current declared candidate for the office, his attorneys, a former White House Chief of Staff and a former U.S. Department of Justice DOJ official related to the 2020 election for the President of the United States. Among other things, you have alleged, you have alleged, that these 19 individuals, 30 unindicted co-conspirators and others were part of a criminal enterprise. One, and then he has points, you have identified a number of acts that you claim were committed in furtherance of this purported enterprise. And I, I won't read any more, but his letter is very condescending and it's very wrong. Uh, first of all, she did not accuse these people. A grand jury made up of average men and women, just like you or me, I mean, average people who listened to you know, hours and hours of testimony, the grand jury handed up the indictment, not her. So anyway, it goes on and on. At the bottom of his, of Jordan's letter, are uh, demands, are four demands. And mainly, uh, quote, all documents and communications relating to this case. 
So he wants everything. I mean everything. And it, the, the, his demands, you know, just go on and on. So this, and he gave her, he wanted it as soon as possible, but the deadline was today. And so, you know, I'm a night owl. So it's already like tomorrow now. So I don't want to confuse you, but the deadline was September 7th. And so her response to him went public. I'm sure she drafted it earlier, but it went public on the date that he said it was due. So she made her deadline and her letter is just scathing. It's just answers all of his points and then some, and I've already read some of it, but I'll, um, go through her arguments. Now in part one, she has the four points that she makes. And again, I will say each one of her responses is heavily researched case study after case study of cases that prove her point that he's out of line. So under part one, part A, your letter offends principles of state sovereignty. That's my favorite, okay? I have a thing about states' rights. It's in the Constitution. You know, there were, uh, our founding fathers, there were the real strict federalists. And then there were the, the people who believed in states' rights above and beyond all. And, you know, I don't want the federal government always butting into my life. And I I don't, I just don't. And I, I don't, I just always loved Republicans so much for their principles regarding states' rights and state sovereignty. And it's just, that's just gone to hell. And that's what, just one of the things that really upsets me so much about what's going on in our country right now. I mean, there are other things, but that's just one of the things. And so, yeah, states' rights. He can't do this. It's in the Constitution. I mean, and you know, when the, the fathers, you know, finished the Constitution and, and, and then we started adding amendments and, and so forth, there was a compromise there. Yeah, there was a compromise. That here's the federal government, but here are the states and here are their rights. So, blah, blah, I'm preaching, but this is important that he can't do this. And he's using the excuse that uh, the state of Georgia uh, has, it receives federal funds. Well, yes. And she actually answers all of that and answers where federal funds are going. One of them is to try to fight the gang problem that's going on in every state right now in this country that we hardly even ever talk about. But anyway, that's part A, state sovereignty. B, your letter transgresses, transgresses separation of powers principles. Yes, we have separation of powers and you don't let this branch try to screw over this branch. They're equal powers. C, your letter improperly interferes with the administration of criminal justice, which is the responsibility of the states. Yeah, she didn't say that. I said that last part. D, your letter burdens the deliberative process privilege and privilege. That's really important. So that's, those are the four parts 
under her first section. And I will just read a little bit of what she says about some of that. Quote, the demands of your letter, your efforts at intruding upon the state of Georgia's criminal authority, violate constitutional principles of federalism. Criminal prosecutions under state law are primarily the responsibility of state governments. Then, as I said before, she goes on and quotes case law. So, uh, as the Supreme Court held in United States versus Lopez, quote, under our federal system, the states possess primary authority for defining and enforcing the criminal law. Indeed, she goes on, because the power to create and enforce state criminal law is, quote, an attribute of state sovereignty reserved in the Tenth Amendment. It is necessarily a power of the Constitution has not conferred on Congress. Congress has no power here. Be gone. And then she quotes, and I'll just list a couple of them because she quotes heavily of the different cases that prove this. Uh, Young versus Harris, Mesa versus California, Cameron versus Johnson. And then she writes, the federal government must observe a strict policy of no interference with state officers who are, quote, charged with the duty of prosecuting offenders against the laws of the state and must decide when and how this is done. In light of these principles, your attempt to invoke congressional authority to intrude upon and interfere with an active criminal case in Georgia is flagrantly at odds with the Constitution. The defendants in this case have been charged under state law with committing state crimes. There is absolutely no support for Congress purporting to second-guess or somehow supervise an ongoing Georgia criminal investigation and prosecution. The violation of Georgia's sovereignty is offensive and will not stand. Woof. So that's part one. Uh, And then we get into part two where she really just reams him. And I was watching uh, one of the legal experts on one of the stations tonight. And she said, I wish she hadn't done this. I wish she hadn't gotten, you know, down and dirty in the second part. I wish she just stuck to the law because she has the law on her side. There's no argument. There's no question that Bonnie Willis has the constitution on her side and Jim Jordan has no power here, uh, no matter what Trump wants. He, I, you know, he doesn't have, he's not a dictator yet. God. Anyway, uh, and then uh, I think it was, um, well, I, I'm not quite sure who the anchor was, but he said, I love the second part with her just getting down and dirty and telling him off. So here's part of the answers to, in the second part of this, and then I'll kind of wrap up. Chairman Jordan, I tell people often, deal with reality or reality will deal with you. It is time that you deal with some basic realities. A special purpose grand jury made up of everyday citizens investigated for 10 months and made recommendations to me. A further reality is that a grand jury of completely different 
Fulton County citizens found probable cause against the defendants named in the indictment for the RICO violations and various other felonies. Face this reality, Chairman Jordan. The select group of defendants who you fret over in my jurisdiction are like any other defendant entitled to no worse or no better treatment than any other American citizen. Your notion that different standards of justice should apply to a select group of people is offensive. Here's another reality, she goes on, that you must face. Those who wish to avoid felony charges in Fulton County, Georgia, including violations of Georgia RICO law, should not commit felonies in Fulton County, Georgia. In this jurisdiction, every person is subject to the same laws, the same process, because every person is entitled to the same dignity and is held to the same standard of responsibility. Persons of socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, political prominence does not entitle them to an exemption from that basic standard. I love America. I like want to cry. And then she says, this is B under B of part two. Defendant Trump's status as a political candidate cannot make him legally immune from criminal prosecution. She writes, the basic premise of your letter is wrong. The criminal defendant about which you express concern was fully aware of the existence of the criminal investigation being conducted by the Fulton County District Attorney's Office at the time he announced his candidacy for president. I have no doubt that many Americans are the subject of criminal investigations and prosecutions at any given moment. An announcement of a candidacy for elected office, whether President of the United States, Congress, or state or local office, is not and cannot be a bar to criminal investigation or prosecution. Any notion to the contrary is offensive to our democracy and to the fundamental principle that all people are equal under the law. This is why I love government so much. This is why I love the rule of law so much. Why I get so upset at what's been going on in our country. This is why. It's just beautiful. This is the end. This is the end of her of her letter. And I didn't by any means cover the entire letter. The safety of persons serving in the criminal justice system should be a primary concern of yours. As it seems you have a personal interest in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, you should consider directing the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate the racist threats that have come to my staff this office has received because of this investigation. She says, because that have come to my staff and me because of this investigation. For your information, I am attaching 10 examples of threats to this office that this office has received. See exhibits F through O. 
I am providing these examples to give you a window into what happened to my staff and me as I keep the promise of my oath to the United States and the Georgia constitutions. And do not allow myself to be bullied and threatened by members of Congress, local elected officials or others who believe Lady Justice should not be blind and that America has different laws for different people. In your service, Bonnie T. Willis, Fulton County <laughs> District Attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Am I a crybaby? <laughs> As my father would say. This is important. We, we cannot let these people ruin our country. We can't. I mean, there's a lot to be said about Joe Biden's age. There's a lot to be said about all the different things that are happening in our country. But we have people in this country fighting for the rule of law. And they are getting attacked and bullied and threatened and it's got to stop. The things that have been said about this woman are just criminal. You know what else? You know, she's been doxxed and um, they've tried to take down the information that is being posted about Fonnie Willis and others on her staff. Horrible racist slurs, horrible lies. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it would be one thing if it was just racist because that's in itself just despicable. But it's also, it's wrong. I mean, I mean, racism is wrong, but I mean, there are no facts. There are no facts. And people don't read. They don't want to read. They've tried to see if they could take down that website or try to work to take down some of these lies. And um, they can't because it's a Russian site. It's a Russian site. It's something we all have to acknowledge that the Russians and the Chinese are working against this country. And when everyone's hating each other so much here within our country, they're out there plotting to take us over. And it's scary. It's scary. I'm Gloria Moraga. I'm a political woman. I vote. Please vote. Please be informed. I don't care if you, well, yeah, I care. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to listen to me, but I love you for listening to me, but I just want you to read all forms of information. And don't just believe one person. Got into it the other day with a woman on YouTube who kept saying, why do you keep calling it an insurrection? It wasn't an insurrection. There were no guns used. Oy vey. Whoa. Come on. Time out. It was violent. It was brutal. Watch the tape. Watch them. Really watch them. Don't do it like multitask 
like you're watching, you know, how to put on my eyeliner video. I mean, this is important. It was an insurrection. They wanted to block the transfer of power. Trump was waiting. He was waiting in the White House. He wanted it. He wanted it to get into the chambers, into Pence, into Pelosi. He was waiting for it. He still wants it. He's calling for it every day. And not only is it wrong on so many levels, but it's so dangerous. And think of your children. Think of the future. Think of all the gifts that this country has. And the thought of losing them makes my heart break. All right. Bonnie Willis. A hero. Jim Jordan. Slime bucket. I'm Gloria Braga. Political woman. Please subscribe. Please vote. And be safe.